Hi everyone, welcome to the third of these Word for the Weeks today. It's uh, Palm Sunday and uh, next week is Easter Sunday. And so these two weeks uh, really want to uh, combine together uh, to provide uh, an amazing picture of this uh, season and this time and to give us uh, a great hope uh, for the future. And so I'm really excited to bring uh, these two Word for the Weeks to you. And uh, so this one, uh, we're going to look at uh, the story of Palm Sunday. And we're going to pick up uh, the story in John's Gospel, uh, John chapter 12 and verse 12. Um, we're going to then look at two other passages uh, that it sends us to as we read it. Uh, and then uh, we're going to pause and uh, look at something that happens, uh, which I'm going to share with you in a moment. And so John 12 and verse 12 begins by saying the next day. The next day. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at what happens on this next day uh, and then we're going to have a look at what happens in the days before and uh, particularly the day before uh, which will give us hope and encouragement uh, that there is a next day to come and there is a next day. I want to tell you right now that uh, the reality and the the things that you find yourselves in, there is always a next day. Uh, there's always something ahead of you. There's always something to come. And uh, the glorious hope that we have is that there is a next day. And so the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And they took palm branches and went out to meet him and they were shouting hosanna they were shouting blessed he is he who comes in the name of the lord blessed is the king of israel and uh, jesus found a young donkey he'd sat upon it uh, as it is written do not be afraid daughter zion see your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt and so there are two different places uh, that I want to take us um, from this passage today initially and then wrap it up by coming back to what happens the day before uh, which I'm really excited to to share with you. Uh, so the the first thing is to take us to this multitude, this, this crowd, uh, these people who are waving and shouting with these palm branches. And that propels us forward into uh, the book of Revelation and chapter 7. It uh, takes us uh, forward uh, into um, uh, this this time where we read in, in chapter 7 that um, the angels uh, are holding back the the wind the wind that is, is sent to harm the land and the sea and the trees. Uh, and it says in verse 3 of chapter 7, Revelation, Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. And uh, the number is heard and the number is 144,000. And obviously, uh, because of what we're about to read, uh, it, it doesn't mean a literal number. It's not a, an actual figure. Because in verse 9 it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. And they were from every nation, they were from every tribe, they were from every people and language, and they were standing before the throne and before the Lamb. 
uh, as he was the king and they were standing before him and they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they were crying out in a loud voice just like these people were in our story at Palm Sunday and they were shouting salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb look at him look how amazing uh, how the good news comes from him uh, look you would never have believed it the Lamb who was slain is is the King of Kings he is the victor of all things in verse 13 it says one of the elders asked me uh, these in white robes who are they and where did they come from and uh, I answered sir you know and he said these are they who have come out of the great tribulation they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb and then because of that, there's a therefore, and it begins to say about what that means. It means that they're with God. His presence is with them. They won't hunger or thirst anymore. And the sun won't beat down on them. They won't be scorched by the heat. And the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. And so this incredible description of this multitude this multitude we find in john's gospel points uh, towards this multitude in revelation and we also uh, find that it points back to zechariah to the prophecy that came uh, to predict and point towards this event that would happen and jesus would ride into jerusalem on the donkey and uh, zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion! Exclamation mark. Shout, daughter Jerusalem! Exclamation mark. For see, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, but also lowly and riding on a donkey, not just a donkey, but on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Uh, and... Uh, sometimes um, the answer sometimes the king the messiah sometimes it comes in unexpected ways uh, we'd expect the king to ride on a war horse but in verse 10 it says that the chariots will be taken and the war horses will be taken and the battle bow will be broken and uh, the one who rides on the donkey will proclaim uh, peace to the nations and his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And then picking up on this idea of the, the blood of the covenant that we read about in Revelation. He says, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, we have made a covenant with Jesus. And the covenant that we have with Jesus was that his blood uh, would would cover us that his blood would cleanse us that his blood would would make us clean and he says because of that covenant i will free your your prisoners from the waterless pit and you are to return to your fortress you prisoners of hope you prisoners of hope now uh, we uh, we live at this time in what they're calling unprecedented times uh, that we're here um, in our houses and uh, some for some people it might feel as though you are 
um, in house arrest and uh, that you're not allowed to do certain things. And I mean, like compared to the great tribulation that was talked about in Revelation uh, and uh, in the uh, uh, the people who were in those prisons uh, and those those pits, uh, this is nothing compared to that. This is nothing compared to lots of people who right around the world are facing uh, persecution and uh, terror and, and terrible things happening. And this is nothing compared to that. And so we just got to kind of keep our perspective and focus. But but there's a glorious thing that we uh, we hold on to here, that we are part of that multitude, uh, that we are uh, those uh, prisoners of hope. We are those prisoners of hope and we should return right now to our fortresses, the places that you and I are in right now are places of peace and security and, and provision. We have to understand that we are we are safe and we are secure here because of the hope that we have. If you feel like any kind of prisoner today, I want you to feel like a prisoner of hope right now. I want you to feel like a prisoner of hope. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And so those two things to begin with are are vitally important uh, as we we consider this story of Jesus riding into Jerusalem as uh, as king the multitude and the donkey and the king who rides upon that donkey and so that was the next day that was the next day and uh, when the prophecy was spoken in Zechariah that um, it was pointing towards another day and a and, and next day. Uh, and right here, right now, Revelation is, is pointing towards a, a next day, something that's going to happen in the future. And we've got some, some amazing things to look forward to. And, and so I want to be curious and wonder what happened the, the day before. Um, and in order for us to understand what happened the day before, uh, we have to understand uh, what happened a few days before. And so we pick up our story in John chapter 11. And I want to begin in verse uh, 31 or 30. And Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there, because Lazarus, had, her brother, had died, and he had been buried. And he had been there now, as we're going to discover, for four days. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been there, uh, been here, my brother would not have died. Uh, and Jesus sees her weeping and the Jews around her who were uh, had come along with her, they were also weeping. There's a lot of weeping going on in this uh, passage. And, and because of the weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and he was troubled. And he says, where have you laid him? And they said, come and see, Lord. And, and then comes the the really famous verse, verse 35, which is the shortest verse in the Bible, and it simply says, Jesus wept. 
And you know, as we look ahead and we realize that we've got some glorious things to, to come, there are um, times right now in the here and the now where people are, are weeping and they're crying and they're filled with pain. And there will be people who, who are suffering, not just with this virus, but with other things that are in their lives right now. And they are crying. And, and I want you to realize right now that Jesus is not just waiting for you to get uh, somewhere in the future. He is right with you right now and he is weeping with you. It says Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And I just want to pause there and I want you to, to get the magnitude of that. And if you're one of those people who are crying right now, I want you to feel and know the presence of Jesus with you, that he is weeping with you. The Jews commented on this and says, see how he loved him and Jesus loves us. God loves us. And some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? There will always be those who have questions at this time. We need to hold on to the answer who is Jesus. And so Jesus once more deeply moved. He comes to the tomb and uh, there's a description of the tomb and it's a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Uh, it's a picture of the, of the same tomb that Jesus in a few days time is going to um, be carried into and he's going to walk out of. And uh, he says, take away the stone. Uh, prophetically pointing to how the stone is going to be removed from his own tomb. Uh, and then uh, Martha begins to say, but, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there for four days. Jesus says something amazing, and I want you to hear these words. Did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God right now. The glory that is coming. The glorious future that Jesus talks about. The great multitude that was sealed uh, that would be with him in his presence, that he would wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And if you believe in this moment, in this moment of sadness, this moment of weeping, that this time where the answer doesn't seem to be there, but it is, if we believe in those moments, we will see the glory of God. I want you to get it right in your spirit on this day. This It might even be um, just as glorious as that which we preach about next week on Easter Sunday, uh, that we realize right now in this moment that... Uh, that we will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so because of this faith that rises in them, because of, uh, of the belief that they now have, it says they took away the stone. Jesus looks up to heaven and he speaks to his father, to, to God, and uh, he says, these words that I'm speaking are not for my benefit. They're not for my father's benefit. The, the words that I speak right now are for the people's benefit, for the those who are around me. 
um, that they may believe that you sent me. And they may understand this. They may get this right now. And, you know, these words that we speak right now, they're for us. They're for our benefit. The words that I proclaim to you today from this platform, from this um, video, these words that I proclaim to you today uh, are for us to hold on to in, in various different times of our life. Hold on to them right now. Understand them right now. God has a plan and a future uh, and he, he has a, um, a way that he will gather the multitudes of every tribe and every nation of every language and that, that, that they will be his, that we will be his. These words are for you right now. And after he had said this, after he had prayed this prayer, Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he says the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to those around him, take off his grave clothes and let him go. Take off his grave clothes and let him go. And for some of us right now, that's the word of God for us today, is that we've been living with all of this restriction. We've been living with all of this kind of death around us that we have not fully understood this. And we're just going to uh, wrap up in a few moments. But but right now, that could be the word. God is, is speaking to us. The people around you, um, those who are with you perhaps right now, you need some help. Um, we, we help you right now in prayer. I, I pray right now that you would be able to go and those grave clothes would be would fall off you right now. You'd pull them off. And the rest of the chapter 11 is all about how uh, because of this incredible miracle and, and the resurrection of Lazarus and how they're going to plot to, to kill uh, Jesus. And then in chapter 12 and verse 1, uh, we get to the day before. The one that was going to proceed the next day that we talked about. And this was six days before the Passover. And Jesus came to Bethany. The Bethany means two things. It first of all means house of affliction. And uh, we've already seen some affliction right now in our story. We've seen some weeping, some people who have who have suffered some stuff and and we understand Jesus is speaking to us about some of those times. Um, Bethany is this house of affliction, but Bethany also means house of figs or house of fruitfulness, house of, of these fruitful figs. And, and this is the place where Lazarus lived. And it's the place that we live. We live in this place that is both a place of affliction and a place of fruitfulness. And this was the place where Lazarus lived, the place where Lazarus died, and the place where now Lazarus lives again because he had been raised from the dead. And a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. And Martha was serving. Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. Hallelujah. Uh, and we... Um, Look forward to those times where although uh, we uh, were dead, we will be alive. We will be reclining at the table with Jesus. And Mary is there and she now takes about half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume. 
She poured it on Jesus' feet. She wipes his feet with her hair. And it says the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And we're going to finish in a few moments time. But I need you to understand this today. The odour that was talked about in chapter 11 is replaced by the fragrance of perfume in chapter 12. The odour that um, could have been there because he had been dead for four days is replaced in this time of, of feasting uh, and this time of the festival. Uh, this honorary dinner that is given in honour of Jesus and the house that they are in right there and then is filled with the fragrance of perfume. And I want you to go back to your prison of hope right now. I want you to ask Holy Spirit that he should release and, and with him, partner with him right now, um, as we begin to pray, as we begin to um, to believe the things that we're talking about here, um, as we open that perfume, this is precious stuff, you know, we want to break it, we want to open it out, and we want to let that fill the house right now, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Feel the Holy Spirit right now stirring us and, and calling to us. I want the house. I want your place. I want the place that you're in right now to be filled with the fragrance. To be filled with the fragrance of life right now. Jesus. Yes, Lord. And just to, to hammer this message home, just to make sure we understand the goodness of God right here, right now. At the same time that, that this is happening, the enemy is working too. And we don't want to spend too much time, but we have to understand that Jesus comes to bring life in all of its fullness. He comes to, to give us life. He is the resurrection and the life. But notice that one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, in verse 4, who was later to betray him, he objected to this. And there will always be someone who objects to this right now, this beauty, this amazing thing that's happening. There's always be someone who objects to it. And he says, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor it was worth a year's wages. And here's the caveat. He says, uh, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And sometimes people will, will do things and they seem as though they're genuine and they seem like uh, they'll do it for the, uh, for the right reasons, but they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. They're doing it with the wrong heart. Uh, they're doing it because they, they want something out of it. And, and, as, as Judas would later be completely consumed by the enemy, uh, he acts like the enemy in this story, for Jesus came uh, to give life, and the enemy comes to like a thief to steal. And in verse 9 it says also, Meanwhile a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there, and, and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead, 
And so the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and they were believing in him. And the enemy who is a thief, he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But we we don't give him that time right now. Because we believe that we are prisoners of hope. Because we believe that one day Jesus is going to wipe every tear from our eyes. And at the moment, if we are crying and weeping, Jesus is right with us, crying and weeping with us. And we believe right now uh, that in our belief, we will see the glories of God. And so shall we pray? Oh, glorious Heavenly Father, merciful, wonderful Saviour Jesus, comforter of the Holy Spirit, would you just fill this place right now with your fragrance? Would you bring the flavour of life, the fragrance of life into our hearts and our minds right now? Would you show us that you have that we have a hope and a future? Would you show us that there is a a next day to come, a, a glorious triumphal entry? Would you show us that the kingdom is here and the kingdom is to come? Would you show us that everything that we need right now we have? And would you help us to believe right now that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Amen. Join us next time.